Welcome to the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a weekly podcast for writers. Grab a cup of coffee, perhaps some paper and pen, and enjoy an interview with an author, a chat with a writing tool creator, perhaps a conversation with an editor or other publishing expert, as well as Kat's thoughts on writing and her own creative journey. You'll laugh, you'll cry, well, hopefully not actually cry, but you will probably learn something. And I hope you'll be inspired to write. Because as I always say, you have a story, you should write it down. This is Pencils and Lipstick. I love highlighting the apps and software that I use to make my writing smoother, better, or prepped to go to the editor. And one of those apps is ProWritingAid. ProWritingAid can help you improve your writing quickly and efficiently with thousands of grammar, spelling, and readability improvements delivered in real time as you write. I just connect it with my word processor or even with Scrivener, and I can get real-time data from them. ProWritingAid has more writing reports than any other editing software. The editing tool highlights elements like repetitiveness, vague wording, sentence length variation, over-dependence on adverbs, passive voice, and over-complicated sentence constructions, and so much more. Now, you can't rely solely on ProWritingAid, but it is a great way to see how your writing is improving, where you need to maybe develop it a little bit more, and it gets rid of all those pesky little things before you send it to your actual editor, which helps them save time. And you know if it helps them save time, it helps you save money. I always run my blog posts, my newsletter, my books, everything through ProWritingAid because by the end of the day, my eyes are too tired to see those pesky little problems, whether it's a comma, whether it's a word that changed because I missed the spelling. Whatever it is, ProWritingAid is there for me. If you want to check out this awesome software, just click the links below. There's a link for free resources and there's a link for a discount just for you. Hello, all you writers out there. This is Kat Caldwell for Pencils and Lipstick. It is December 20th as I record this for the episode 162 going out December 26th. So I hope you all had a happy Hanukkah and a Merry Christmas. And I hope as you go into this last week of 2022, that you have a very, very happy new year and that you get all of your grapes eaten. So only those who um, are probably from Spain understand that. <laughs> uh, I love telling this. This is one of the traditions of Spain that I love the most. No matter where we are in the world, even if we are in a gas station parking lot, which has happened a few times as we come back from road trips, our family stops to eat the grapes at Spanish midnight, um, which is six o'clock on the East Coast. And we, you have to eat a grape herding of the clock bell. So you have to eat 12 grapes in the matter of like less than 30 seconds. 
and it's a wonderful tradition and it's always funny and somebody always sort of <laughs> you know, gags and but if you get all of your grapes at least in your mouth um you are are bound to have good luck for that year so it's important to do because we all want good luck for the next year um and if we were in spain we would then you know sort of cheers each other with a glass of champagne and that is when all the young people go out afterwards <laughs> We are quite the partiers in Spain, but this year we are home. Um, unfortunately, we are still in the States, but hopefully next year we will get to go to Spain. So let me know what your traditions are. I'd love to hear them. I love hearing about cultural traditions wherever you are in the world. So if you hit me up on Twitter at Pencils Lipstick, I'd love to hear what you do for your New Year's Eve celebrations. But whatever you do, I hope that you have a wonderful New Year's Eve. And as we go into 2023, um, we are going to move things around a little bit on this podcast. So I hope that you buckle up and stay for the ride. For all of you who have listened in 2022, I really appreciate you. For all of you who have supported the show at over at buymeacoffee.com, I really appreciate you as well. I love building this community and I am going to focus a lot more on the community aspect of the show. I'm going to set up a discord for those who support the show where you can get a lot more information from me and from each other. We are going to focus, continue our focus on the craft of writing, whatever that means for different people. Every genre that you write in, um, the craft is going to be slightly different. If you write short stories, it'll be different. If you write nonfiction, it will be a little bit different. But really what we all want to do is tell a good story, right? So that is like our common denominator. Um, so I hope to answer a lot more questions personally. That seems to be a thing that people enjoy so that you have access to sending in questions and sort of having a monthly answer. Um, I don't pretend to know all the answers to everything, but I do have access to a lot of people. So if I don't have the answer, I can ask somebody else. Um, this year, going forward, I would love it if you would want to support the show. And you can do that in many ways. You can share the show with your followers um, or your newsletter. You can um, advertise your book or your book coaching um, company or your writing software on the show. It has to do with writing <laughs> if you're going to do that. And you can um, contact me over at pencilsandlipstick.com or at catcaldwell.com if you want to talk to me more about that. You can um, propose who to be on the show. That would be a great help as well. You can listen to the show. You can subscribe and share a review of the show. And if you are feeling extra generous and want to monetarily support the show, you can do that over at um, buymeacoffee.com forward slash pencils lipstick. And if you support the show monetarily, you get access to all sorts of different PDFs that I have in there. You have access to the video files where you can watch um, the your favorite person on their interview if you want. Um, those video files are available for a week for free if you want to watch it. After that, they go under just for um, supporters of the show, whether you do it once or whether you do it monthly. 
And um, of course, you will then get access to the Discord community where you can ask questions and all that. So that is in 2023, a little bit of a difference um, in the sort of supporter end of the show. But whatever you do, whether you share it, um, like, subscribe, um, give a review, whatever you do, whether it's that or whether it's monetary, Terry, I really appreciate all of you. Um, the audience has expanded a lot this year, and I'm really excited to see where you all are from. I can see them on my statistics. I guess, you know, I trust that they're true, <laughs> more or less. And you are from all over the world. And so I really appreciate that you take the time every week to listen to me and other people <laughs> talk about writing. So going in, um, we are going to have certain themes per week in the show. We are going to talk to a lot more book editors and book coaches to talk um, a deeper conversation about craft and different aspects of writing. We are going to talk specifically to writing software, um, writing marketing people. And then we will also have author interviews where we're simply talking to authors who just do the writing and want to talk about their books. Um, and then it, a lot of them will be also me and the thoughts that are going through my head because I get to do that because it's my show. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you have to listen to me. I'm just kidding. It will be interesting. I am sure I have a lot of people lined up. I'm very, very excited, um, about people coming in. I have book coaches and people who have writing groups and, um, we are going to talk about storytelling from the aspect of the theater and I just all these wonderful people, Plotter, Troy from Plotter is coming in to talk to us about that software. Um, I'm going to have guests coming back to talk specifically about their thoughts on premise and theme and genre, all of that. So I'm very excited about it. To be honest, um, I'm putting a lot more effort in organizing the podcast ahead of time, let's say. <laughs> um, last year was super busy and I fully admit that there were times in which I felt like um, I was scrambling with the podcast. I think it always went out well. I think we always gave you something of value, but just you know, on the back end, it felt a little bit stressful and rushed and, you know, kind of putting things together at the last minute. So I am trying to not do that anymore. Of course, it always has a little bit to do with the guests and when they can come in and record and all that. But um, I'm really excited about what is set up already and ready to go for you guys and who's coming in in January to record. So I hope that I am selling you on my excitement here. <laughs> we are going to have some really great people. Um, so that is sort of the plan for 2023, just like a little bit more themed per week. Um, there will be a fewer author interviews just for the sake of um, talking about their books, but they will still be there at least once a month, if not twice. So it kind of depends on how many weeks fall into um, each month. And then again, a lot of people who I will be talking to about whether their writing group or their book coaching or their editing or um, their marketing most of them are writers as well. So we will either talk to them in that moment about their books or we'll have them back um, because I think that's only fair to talk about their books. So it's still going to be great. There's still going to be a lot of interviews. 
um, the majority of the podcast will still be me with somebody else. So I hope that you enjoy that format. Um, as far as today goes, I just want to bring you a little bit, something of value. Um, I didn't bring in a guest this week because again, I'm not sure how many of you will be listening in the moment. Um, and I as well will be, um, driving along the East coast <laughs> at this point. Um, so I didn't really, I thought that it would be unfair to bring a guest in this week, but I wanted to bring you guys something of value. So a lot of you are either um, w- sitting with a bunch of words from Nano. I know a lot of you participated in that, or perhaps you're sitting with a book that you worked on last year. And so I want to talk specifically to you guys. Uh, next week, we'll be talking a lot to people who are starting a new project with Stacy Fraser. So today it's going to be about people who at least have one or two scenes. <laughs> Um, and why I want to talk to you about what to do when a scene is complete. And a lot of times, um, if you're a discovery writer, most likely you get to this point where you kind of want to review your scenes, maybe about halfway through the book, sometimes earlier, um, sometimes later, I guess. Um, so this is sort of something that I do as I go back and this is the process that I did to choose which scenes to eliminate. I talked about that last week. Um, just eliminating, deleting these certain, like quite a few chapters. Um, and you know why I chose those. So there are a couple of things that you have to go through in your scenes because what happens a lot of times when you're writing is you're writing the character moving through life, especially if you're a discovery writer or a pantser as some people like to call themselves. So if you haven't, and this can happen even if you're a plotter, let's just be honest. But a lot of times you have a character, let's say her name is Kat, and you know she's been sort of hit with this conflict. You know, you have this this um, moment that has hit her, and she, you know, the story begins, right? And so she's moving through life, and you kind of need her to get from the kitchen to the mall because it's at the mall that, you know, something is going to, that the first conflict is going to happen. And so you write a scene about her in the car, and then you write a scene about her buying something at Macy's, and then you write a scene about her. And like, you're sort of moving through this character's day in your head, and you're writing it out. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is a lot of times how I write, Um, just sort of figuring this character out, right? Especially in the beginning of a story, especially those of us who write standalones. Um, it's like every, every new book is a new, you know, discovery of this, of this character. And so the problem with that though is, and even if you're a plotter, you might like, oh, I know that I need to start here and then have this scene and then that scene. And a lot, (laughs) sometimes you can have scenes in between there that you start thinking like, okay, I don't know if these scenes are needed. And here's the caveat. Your writing of those scenes can be perfectly fine. We are not talking about whether the writing sucks. Um, Most likely your writing is fine, if not beautiful uh, for those scenes. But that doesn't determine if the scene is needed or not. So here's a little bit of a checklist of what you can go through. 
when you're sort of pulling out these scenes and deciding what needs to stay and what needs to go. Um, and it's, so you can do this linearly. You can go from one scene to the next, or you can pick them out at random. And once you've sort of decided which ones, you know, once you've done it linearly, sometimes at the very end of the manuscript, it's good to sort of pick them out um, just randomly and make sure that what you think is happening and the transition you think happened is actually happening. And this is actually a really good thing to do with another um, with another writer who is sort of your your beta reader or a coach um, going through them and making sure that the story is everything that you think it is on paper, right? Um, so in the very beginning, what you want to do is pull a scene out and write down who the characters are in the scene. This A, illuminates any sort of, um, <laughs> if well, it helps you find if you've A, changed their names or have like a random person in the beginning that never really shows up in dialogue or anything in the middle or the end. Um, and you can sort of figure out a way take that character out or really write more of them in. So just sort of go through, not really reading it, but go through and find the characters that you're naming throughout and then um, write them down. Okay. And then you're going to, from memory, write out where they were before this scene. And this is, this is important. It's not necessarily about the scene that you actually wrote because sometimes there is time lapse and sometimes there is, you know, they've sort of skipped scenes. And now, you know, depending on how many point of view characters you have, it's important to write this out as, as far as what you think is happening right before this scene. And I'll tell you why. Once you're done with this checklist, you're going to go and read the scene before that and sort of, or the scenes before that and make sure that it lines up and that they're actually where they are. And this will help you with your transitions. Then what you want to do is write where the characters are going to go after this scene, where they're going to be, where they're going to go. And this again will help you if you're doing it from memory, which is what you should be doing is then, you know, checking the next scene or the next time that they appear and making sure that that is actually happening. Um, because our brains are kind of crazy and sometimes what we think we put on paper is not what we put on paper. So this is just sort of that checklist of making sure your characters are where they're supposed to be and that they are not um, ruling the story, but that you are. So then we're going to get into the main meat of the story. Read um, the scene and write out like what the main point of the scene is in the context of the story. So your story has a premise, it has a theme, it has, your character has a learning curve, your character is doing something, right? You have already sort of determined that. So this is not for new writers, this is not for a new um, story. This is a story that you've already worked on and you already sort of know where your character is and who they are and what their beliefs are and what their wants are. So what is the main point of this scene? Not of the story, of this scene. And how does it connect to the main point of the story? Um, and it doesn't always have to be like, not every scene is going to be this like explosive, you know, conflict. Not, not every scene is going to be a key scene for the story, right? But what is the main point of this scene? Maybe it is to introduce the, um, 
antagonist. Maybe it is to introduce the love um, interest. Maybe it is to, you know, show why they have this fear that, you know, maybe they have a fear of sharks in the ocean. I don't know who I'm talking about. (laughs) That would be me. And it is going to show them in an aquarium and the like anxiety they get because their three-year-old makes them walk underneath the, um, the aquarium archway where there's sharks swimming over. (laughs) I have no idea what, what would happen. (laughs) So, you know, maybe you're just showing where their fear is coming from or showing where their belief is coming from, whatever it is, that scene should have a main point and it's the main point should, um, go into the main point of the story. Then you can also, um, sort of step back and, read the first few lines, the first two paragraphs, and write out what is the emotional and mental state of your main character at the beginning. And then skip that down to the end and write what the, what the true emotional and mental state of your character is at the ending. And then definitely, and I say true because you're reading it like as a reader, what is this character doing? Are they mad? Are they confused? Are they happy? Um, and then look at the ending and look, really look at the lines that you've written, not what you wanted to write, but what you wrote and, and be honest with yourself. Do they have a mental or emotional state? Is it coming through? Is it being conveyed? Is it the same? If it's the same, why, why is there no emotional arc in the scene? And if there's a reason for that, that's fine. As I say, I want you to do things on purpose, right? Or did they change? Were they supposed to change and they didn't change? Um, Did the change come just because you have internalized how story goes and you can just learn from that of like, oh, look at that, they changed and, you know, let me do that more on purpose next time. So then you're going to go and probably read the full scene or listen to it. Listening to it is a great way just on, if you click review on Word doc and then you click on read aloud, it will read it aloud to you and just sort of get into the scene and decide how the main character shows or confronts their belief or their fear in the scene. How are they showing their belief of the world? If it's at the beginning of the book, it's probably going to be more showing, you know, expressing their belief or their fear, um, informing the reader of what you know, how they see the world. If it's going to be in the middle or the end, they might be more confronting that in making certain decisions. Do Are they making a decision to not confront it yet? And they're, you know, sort of falling backwards into what their old beliefs are and they're not yet ready to move forward. If it's at the end, they really should be confronting it at that point um, and resolving that fear, you know, going forward and changing their belief. So what, what are they showing? Are they, does their fear or belief even show up in this scene, which it definitely should, even if it is sort of an intro, um, of another character, they should still have some sort of comment or something in that scene in which their belief or their view or their fear of the world is showing up. Okay. Because that is the point of the story. The point of the story is this character and how their viewpoint of the world changes, how their belief about themselves changes, how their 
fear changes them. Something about this character is going to be moving this, this story forward. And so we want each scene to sort of encompass that, right? So then we want to get into the side characters. What are they doing there? <laughs> what is their purpose in this scene? Do they have a purpose in this scene? Um, and this is really going to help you see, like, if you're just moving your character through the plot, if you're just introducing sort of superfluous characters that don't need to be there. Um, so what are the main objectives of each side character in this scene? How are they pushing the limits of their, of the main character and their, um, and their beliefs and their viewpoint and their fears? How are they um, helping this character grow or, or get to the point of conflict? If you have worked on your premise, which I hope that you have, um, how does the scene fit there? And that doesn't have to be anything deep, right? Um, the premise of Cornered is when a young ma man's mom is faced with losing her house, he turns to underground boxing to save her. And basically the under, you know, that's my like movie, movie um, poster theme. And under that is my theme or the premise. And my theme is you have to fight to, to find out who you are. Um, and so as he fights sort of, he realizes that he might be doing it for his mom, but he's actually finding himself. And it sort of parallels the going down into the depths of hell to rescue your mother. And on that journey, you find yourself. Um, lots of the, lots of our stories, if we, if we get really philosophical about them, they can go into the, the myths, you know, we can get all, um, well, philosophical for lack of a better term. <laughs> Um, so how does your scene fit into the premise? So my scene needs to either be him fighting against this idea, hiding, you know, what he's doing, the fight scenes, the choices that he's making as he's fighting between the drugs and, um, is he good enough to win and does he deserve, um, to win? And why is he doing this in the first place when it, when, when it goes against his moral, um, beliefs? Um, and speaking of moral, you want to talk about what the moral dilemma is in this scene. This goes especially, I'm going to say especially, but I'm trying to think, I mean, this goes, um, this goes especially for women's fiction. This goes especially for, well, even in fantasy sci-fi, I know that you romance writers out there don't get as deep into things sometimes. Um, but you could still, you can still look at sort of, is there a moral dilemma in this scene? Um, so, you know, should you fight? Like if you are on the good guy's side, is violence okay? Um, is the, should you, let's say with Casablanca, I know I use this guy a lot, but you know, his moral dilemma and part of the scene is, should he, you know, even give this this um, guy who's fighting the Nazis and kind of hero, even the time of day. I mean, he, he, he took his love, <laughs> you know? So like he has this moral dilemma of he doesn't like this guy because he took Ingrid Bergman from him. I mean, like who, who wouldn't want Ingrid Bergman? And yet the guy is an upright guy and he deserves, you know, all the kudos obviously. And, you know, so there's this sort of moral dilemma 
even in Star Wars, you know, there are moral dilemmas on what they're doing. Like I love Han Solo and his different moral dilemmas. Um, so there's every character has a moral dilemma, really, even if let's say even in a rom-com, like if the guy's coming in to and realizes he's you know, his company is buying this woman's small little local bookshop. Like that's a moral dilemma. Does, does he have a right to do that? I mean, you know, you've got mail. Hello. Love, love that movie. So does he have the right to do that? Is it morally upright? And if it's going to happen anyway, what is the moral decision behind, like, what can he do to sort of make up for it? Like they, even rom-coms have this. So it's, I'm going to, I'm trying to encourage you to take a few minutes to think about it. Is there a moral dilemma in the scene? And if there is, um, write it out. And if you think that you can add one into it to add that extra layer, please go ahead and do it. Um, and sort of the next question goes along with it. Is there conflict in this scene? Conflict, of course, doesn't have to be physical violence. There can be internal conflict. There can be external conflict. Um, if you want a commercially uh, commercial genre book that sort of goes wild and people love, most scenes are going to have some sort of conflict in them, internal or external. So it's always good to think about um, what conflict you think is in the scene and then make sure that it is in the scene. And if there isn't any conflict in the scene, either internal, or external, really think about whether you need the scene at all. Um, because here's the thing, we do not need scenes in which they're getting from A to Z, like, or A to B. <laughs> you know, we don't need the scene of them in the car, most likely. We don't need the scene of them um, picking the kids up from school. We don't need the scene. You know, what we need is a scene that is pushing this, you know, this internal belief and external conflict forward. So if it doesn't have conflict, really think hard about whether it's needed. And so then we're going to go back to the ending. You've probably read it one or two times, maybe three times, and make sure that the ending, it doesn't need to be a cliffhanger, but it should have some sort of question left with the reader. Like, what's going to happen now? <laughs> That's basically the question you want in the reader's head. And it can be a variation of that. Um, but really be critical about the ending of your scene and ask yourself, why would the reader keep reading? Why would they want to stay up till three o'clock and turn that page instead of setting it down? Does it, does the ending of the scene feed into the need to read the next scene? to see what happens. And these are difficult questions to answer, right? But if you can do this per scene, and it takes a long time to do it, I fully admit, and it's not as fun as writing. Now, some people will object to that. So it will be fun for some people. For me, it's not as fun as writing, but A, it will help you save money on editing if you are not going to get a developmental edit on your book, this will help you get your book to as far as it can be. Um, if you're not going to get feedback and I know some of you aren't, um, and you know how I feel about that. I think that you should get feedback, but this will also help you 
um, especially if you're not going to get feedback, but you want to take it out to beta readers or arc readers, the questions to ask them. If you can't answer one of these questions, that should be one of the questions you ask your beta or arc readers. I mean, everyone has, I call them beta readers, the ones that aren't, they're not yet to the point of publishing your book. You're going to have one more go through after your beta readers, asking them the questions, you know, is there conflict in this scene? Is Can you see the moral dilemma? Can you see the fear of the belief coming? Can, you know, do you like the characters? It will help you figure out um, questions to ask them. Now, I am a big fan of working with somebody, whether it's a developmental editor, whether you have another writer friend that you guys sort of exchange things on, but this is going to help you get your book to as best as you can get before you get that feedback. If you are going to get a developmental edit, it is definitely going to save you money because you aren't, you've done so much work on the book that anything that they suggest to you or they say that, you know, you just weren't able to see isn't going to be that hard to fix. And so you aren't going to need another read through right before um, you're comfortable with publishing it. Now, these are the kinds of things that I go through when I am um, coaching somebody, whenever they send me a scene, we, um, and it's, it's not like this cut and dry, but we read through it and we sort of see how does this connect to the last scene? How does it, um, implement this character's fear belief? Is he reacting how, um, we've already set him up to, to react? You know, is he being the, the character that the writer wants him to be? Um, so these are sort of these different checklists that I go through when I am coaching somebody and we make sure that each scene is really needed. Um, and sometimes we can mesh scenes together. Sometimes we delete scenes. And I know that's always hard to do, but I am a full believer that if the words came one time, they can come again. And what you want are strong scenes, every scene to be a strong as they can be. So I hope that this helps you a little bit. Um, I am going to have a little downloadable for you in the show notes. I know I don't always have that, but this is going to be all the different questions that I've gone through just on a PDF for you to download and use and pull your scenes out. Maybe you have time over the next week or maybe couple weeks (laughs) to go through and look at your, your story. And of course, if you ever want to work with somebody, I am looking to get a couple more clients in the first quarter, probably two max at three developmental editing. You don't have to wait to be done with your book for me. I don't require a full manuscript. If you are stuck, um, feel free to send it in. You can find all of that information on catcaldwell.com. Um, and every developmental edit, whether it is partial or full, gets a one-on-one with me to go through my thoughts on it. So it's like a mini coaching session. And my personal coaching goes month to month. So if you need to take a break, um, if life gets in the way, that is always a possibility with me. Um, so I hope to see you in 2023. Happy New Year, you all. I will be here on the podcast. Um, or on catcaldwell.com if you need some help right away, or if you just want to keep listening, come back to um, your favorite podcasting app, and I will be back 
next week to talk with Stacy Fraser about what she thinks are the key elements that you need to bring your story from idea to draft. So if you have an idea for a story, be sure to turn in, tune in next week to listen to that. Until then, happy writing. You're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.